you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, Bill's Pipes, X-Band Goggles, and Fly Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with me on the line, entering his fourth year up here in Canada. He'll be racing in the CMRC Nationals all the way across this beautiful nation. I'm talking about none other than Brad Noddit. Brad, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Just a couple of Brads on the radio here uh, chatting about motocross. I'm not too sure how anything could be better. Yeah, no doubt, right? You got a good name. 100%. No, it's, it's, uh, is, it, is it Bradley Full or is it just Brad? Yeah, it's Bradley Full. Ah, right on. Bradley, two couple of Bradleys. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure our mothers are the only ones who effectively call us that. But yeah. Uh, you, you, sir, are uh, only two weeks out of one of the more anticipated series here in North America. Obviously, uh, the AMA Outdoor Nationals got going this last weekend. They've got one more race uh, in Glen Helen before uh, the CMRC Nationals get going in Kamloops. Last year, it was round two, I believe. This year, it'll be round one. Uh, not You're familiar with this course. You've been up here a bunch. Um Tell us a little bit about the preparation for the series, your anticipation, and uh, what you expect from uh, the, the 10 events that are coming down the pipe. Yeah, as far as preparation goes, you know, you just do everything you can to make sure that you're fit for 230-minute photos. And, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely done that. And a lot of it is just knowing a little bit about the tracks and how, I mean, you're in a different country than America, and a lot of people don't understand that, but the tracks are different. They're different. People are different, and... You know, it's just a little bit different all around. So, um, being my fourth season, I think I have a little bit of an advantage coming into that. I kind of know what to expect, how things break down, and, you know, a little bit of all that. And uh, just as far as things run a little bit smoother. So, there's no real, like, curveballs for me nowadays when I come up there. And it's a little bit more exciting, a little more, like I said, I know what to expect when it comes to round one, to round two, and all the way out. So, I'm excited for the year to start. 100%. Now, uh, yeah, you said you've been up here a bunch of times. You know exactly what to order from Tim Hortons. You know exactly where you can get your favorite uh, uh, restaurants up here. You know where you can find a practice track or two as you're traveling across the nation, uh, one of which might be uh, Prairie Hill MX here in uh, Pilot Mound, Manitoba. Um, as far as uh, what kind of machine you'll be on, what kind of equipment that you'll be working with throughout the year, uh, what's your setup in terms of a team, and uh, and how excited are you to be working with those guys? Oh, man, I got an awesome team this year. I got a uh, support from head at GA Checkpoint Yamaha, and we got you know, support from Yamaha Canada, and uh, the guys at JS Power Sports, Jay and Steve, they kicked in a bunch of help there. And, uh, I mean, there's so many people behind us right now. I think there's like... Uh, 
they they got a good group together. We got Big O Tires, Poco behind us, and uh, shoot, I mean, they just have a lot of people. We got Fox Canada, uh, the guys at Mika Sports with Scott Goggles. You know, I'm looking forward to it. It's got, I'm going to have a great setup. Pike's going to look good. It's going to be fast. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to have a complete package this year. For sure. You're going to be looking good. So, obviously, you'll be feeling good. If you're feeling good, you'll be racing good and uh, taking on some of the best uh, from across the nation as well as the states, uh, including uh, some hired guns that have been brought in to, uh, to, to dominate that that. MX MX2 class. Uh, will you be on the smaller bike throughout the summer, or uh, will you be uh, pe- moving up to the 450? Uh, I mean, as far as everything went, I've rode both classes in the past, and uh, the MX2 is something. I mean, I wanted to finish on the you know, top three this year. That's my goal. I mean, ideally, everybody wants to win a championship, but um, there are a lot of elements in motocross. You know, when it comes to mechanicals and just have that photos and everything. So, um, my goal is just to be on the box, you know, right around there every single round, and that puts you at a contention for a championship. Well, uh, you, you this year, uh, much I believe you were on Yamaha's last year, uh, am I correct? No, no, I rode Yamaha Honda's last year. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so, uh, th- this year you're going to be on Yamaha's um, beautiful motorcycles, and uh, you, you, you look to be comfortable on the machine from all pictures that I've seen. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you've set up the bikes uh, and maybe some tricks that you found with the bike that really helps it liven up as well as uh, maybe some setup. Uh, yeah, you know, like it was a big change for me going from a Honda, which was, uh, I rode the same chassis since 2010 to uh, last yeah. year. And then to hop on Yamaha, it was, uh, it was a completely different bike. I rode them in the past, back on 80s and everything. So, I mean, it was nice to go back to a brand that I loved and everything. And, uh, you know, it's a great bike as far as setup goes. I, uh, I'm a littler guy, so I do a few things to make the bike a little bit shorter in the rear, a little more choppered out, and uh, I feel like it handles better that way, personally. Uh, they're great. They're, box, they're great out of the box, you know. Uh, they're just phenomenal bikes. They're fast. The new design on the QVTF is uh, it's a real winner, and it's proven in the States. It's proven in Europe. It's proven everywhere. So I think it's going to be uh, – it was the right choice to switch the Yamaha and uh, – I'm just excited. I got an awesome put it. They're great bikes, and I'm feeling great. It's going to be a good year. So the first time that you threw the leg over the Yamaha with the backwards engine, uh, did you find yourself throwing the leg over, and all of a sudden you're looking at the rear of the motorcycle and had to turn yourself around? <laughs> no, none of that right there. I got on it, and, you know, the motor's backwards, which is a little different. The only thing I noticed was it was a little, it was wide for me at first, but once I got used to that, it was in corners like a dream, and, and I guess they're, they're really fast stock, so I was happy with it. Excellent. So you'd mentioned that you're hoping for, uh, you're, you're looking to be a top three guy. And uh, that being said, we've got a lot of guys returning to the class. Uh, you have your your 2014 champ on a two-stroke all year long this year uh, in uh, Gavin Benoit. And uh, the MX-101 guys out of uh, the East Coast, they picked up a guy by the name of uh, Jimmy Dakotas who looks to uh, make some noise in that class as well. Um, have you done any studying on these guys? How do you plan on approaching racing against uh, some formidable opponents in Dakotas and uh, Benoit, as he's known in the in uh, the southern states? Yeah, I've raced uh, against Gavin every year that I've been up there. And, uh, you know, he's an awful rider as well. And as far as everything goes, he's a good gauge for, you know, a top guy. 
And um, the only thing I lacked in the past was I would just kind of, uh, my endurance was to fly all the way there. That's really what it comes down to. And this year, you know, I'm feeling great. My body feels good. And I got, um, that's really where I struggle. I've always been a good starter. And um, I'm good for about, or I was good for only, you know, 20 of the 30 minutes. So now that I got a full 30 minutes in me, I feel like that uh, that's going to be a game changer in itself, being able to push and battle all the way through with the motos you know, just getting smarter too, or picking when the right time is to push, and you know, certain lines to do. And I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a stellar year. So last year, uh, there was a little bit of controversy with uh, the the overall championship uh, going to a rider that uh, um, took, I would say, take advantage, but. Um, Took on the, uh, the the 252 stroke as the option to ride in certain rounds on the East Coast. Uh, it seems to do, do well for that rider, and uh, and because of that, I feel like they've changed the uh, the restrictions and regulations that you can do to a 252 stroke. Uh, the manufacturer you're riding does supply uh, that motorcycle. Uh, did you give any thought to that as well as? Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the changes to the rules that are allowed to uh, those machines? As uh, in certain hands, a 252 stroke can be a huge advantage. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really know what they change in the rules. I didn't really pay attention. I, uh, I've always just decided, like, you know, you're going to stick on the four stroke. That's what people ride nowadays. And, uh, you know, they're great bikes. As far as the advantage to ride the two stroke would be in the sand, you know, you don't have the engine braking, you don't have. They're a little lighter machine, and uh, I mean, I've ridden two strokes in the sand, and I feel like they're they just, they're easier to ride in the sand, and they handle more predictable, and you know, they're also a lot cheaper to repair, which is nice. And yes, uh, but they do the downside too, is like on the hard pack stuff, and um, you know, the tracks that aren't lovely and everything, they they have a tendency to either be a little twitchy, or you know, you have to be a very good finesse rider to, to make them work good there at those rounds and I just feel like uh, it's just easier to stick to the four stroke everybody's been riding them since 2006-2007 and uh, I didn't really want to go back to the two stroke so that's why I stuck with the 250F and there's you know I'm always great great package so yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the Yamaha is uh, showing very well last year in the Outdoor Nationals, both in the States and over here. Uh, and yeah, worldwide, great bike. Seems like a great package. I know talking to uh, Justin Starling, uh, he came off Honda's a 2013 Honda last year. Uh, or going, coming into this year, and we jumped on his Yamaha. He just shook his head and said, what was I doing last year on uh, on an basically what he would call an inferior bike. So uh, all things good to say about the Yamaha. Um, the Canadian Nationals is often thought of as kind of like a fat, more family-oriented or like a kind of friendlier community. It's a more tight-knit group. Uh, it's it's f fewer riders go from... from uh, like all the way across the nation. Uh, so, who are the who's in your crew of guys that you hang out with in the pits? Uh, guys that you're familiar with? Oh man, uh, it's kind of changed a lot since I started. Like when I started, there was a good group of us that went across the first couple of years, and then it's kind of mellowed out and out a little bit. The last year I went in 2013, uh, the group that I hang out with, like from the East Coast, would be Richard Craig. He's one of my good friends. Zach Diana. We traveled across a lot. 
I would say pretty much we caravaned it whenever we could, and we rode together. I still talk to them on a weekly basis. They're some of my best friends. And uh, on the West Coast over here, I have like Kyle Beaton and Ryan Lockhart, Bill Delplay, and everybody like that that I hang out with to go ride over here when I'm in D.C. And, and, uh, it's, it's weird. After being up there for so many years, uh, I want to say I, I pretty much have more friends that are Canadians than I do Americans. And, uh, you know, it's awesome to be able to get another chance to come back and just enjoy a summer with everybody again, let alone be able to race my dirt bike and just have a great time. 100%. And uh, even the friendly Manitobans here uh, have not only given you a place to be, but uh, a place to ride your motocross track. Tell us a little bit about throwing down some laps at uh, at Prairie Hill MX out there with the McCannells. Yeah, no. Uh, the first year I traveled across with uh, with Kevin Urquhart, we, we did the whole series uh, in 2000. And I believe it was. Uh, that was my first year. Kyle used to be, uh, Kyle McCannell used to be Kevin's mechanic back in the day before he okay. moved back to Manitoba and started that track there. So uh, on our way across the country, there's a three-week, pretty much a three-week break. And uh, we stopped there at Kyle's house for two weeks. And uh, Prairie Hills was new. And, uh, I mean, it was, we had a great time out there. We, uh pretty much motored as much as we needed to. We got a ride in and the track was good. And then uh, we also found a uh, couple of spots to ride and stand and get ready for Copa Dunes up there by yeah, about an hour and a half north and a little bit to the west. But I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was kind of like a... Uh, you were riding near Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, in some of the deepest, most notorious sand in all of motocross, to be honest, uh, even Roger DeCoster himself spoke about the Austin sand as being deep, gnarly, bottomless, some of the roughest sand he's ever ridden. And I know for a fact that's right about where you were at. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a killer spot. Uh, I could remember how to get there if I was driving, but, man, it was unreal. It was the sand, like you said, it was bottomless and... Uh, it was never ending, so it was the best place to get ready for Gopher that year. But then, uh, yeah, that's when I, I really started shining in the sand and making it on the East Coast. Cause it's amazing on the West Coast. It's all hard packed over here in BC, and uh, not hard packed, I would say, but it's more like topsoil dirt. And then you go to the East Coast, and there's only more than that's uh, that's got the topsoil. Everything else is you know got a sand with a base on the bottom of it. So except for Gopher. 100%. Now, uh, getting back to uh, Kyle's place a little bit, 2010, uh, is that going back to uh, when his track had a few more bigger jumps back then? Uh, like, there was one that basically ran out of corner, not right out of corner, but uh, he had a long run at it, but it was basically a huge step up. Is that around the same time? Oh, yeah, that was the same time. I think Murky and Ryan Millar and myself were one of our, we were pretty much on the guys that attempted to do it. I mean, we didn't do it all the time, but uh, it was, uh, shoot, I want to say it was a step-up double, and then there was a double after it, out about another 60 feet or something, and it would triple up to the top, and then um, I think there was another double after that, and then going to a lefty, and it was a pretty good size step down, too, there back in, back in the day. I don't know if it's changed since then, but uh, I definitely remember there being some big booters out there. 
Yeah, that jump you're talking about now is uh, he's he's cut it down a little bit. Uh, it now comes into the trees, and there's a step up there. But that that other double you're talking about, I'm proud to say, the only kid with uh, red plates on his bike that was able to uh, stretch that thing out uh, was myself back in 2010. Huge jump, and uh, watching Ryan do that, uh, come out of a corner and basically to the rails on got to be third, fourth gear for sure. Yeah. Yeah, That's no, awesome. it was definitely everything you had out of that corner. And, and it was pretty blind, too, back in the day. I, from what I remember, it was just, it was a huge jump, man. Now I look back at it, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, wow, why would we ever do uh, <laughs> Something also like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, now that's what you do. Like, you just have fun and you push it every day. 100%. Now, uh, you mentioned that you're a Spokane guy. But you're uh, you're more than comfortable in the loose stuff and the sand and stuff like that. Where did you develop the uh, the thirst for uh, being a sand mo- monster and just uh, and do you kind of lick your chops when you head out east that uh, you're you're gonna really excel at some of those tracks? Yeah, yeah, I think out east I'm gonna do good. I do good when the tracks get rougher and it's a little bit more like flying choice and rhythm, <laughs> and like getting in a rhythm and. Uh, you know, like in the past, like I said, I've uh, I've gotten a little weak around like the 20-minute mark. But in the sand, for some reason, I don't know if I ride looser or whatnot, but I feel stronger in sand. And, uh, you know, I, I just I feel more comfortable. I let the bike kind of float around, and I get more of a flow. And then next thing you know, it's time sticking away, and you're still putting in a good time. And I just, I dig it. The track changes any lap. And, and uh, you have to be creative, you know, to ride sand. And you also have to have a good flow and you can't ride the brakes. And that's more my style. I'm just more of a relaxed rider that, uh, you know, it's looking in rhythm. So that's why I think it's going to be killer this year out there. Well, you got to be feeling the flow. And we're on the line with Brad Noddit. Uh, we're going to head to commercial right now. We'll be right back after the sound good. Sounds good, man. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bull. And they goes with Brand. Fat bull. And they goes with Brand. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal Bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. 
When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Much faster. 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. And we're back. Uh, Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Brad Nodd on the line. He's coming up to Canada. Ten rounds of motocross action from coast to coast. Uh, you start off in Kamloops. Um, 
Tell us a little bit about your preparation for that particular track. You want to come out and you want to have some solid results right out of the gate. Get that confidence up. Uh, you, you rode there last year, and then uh, I think last year Nanaimo was uh, a bit of a mud bog, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, that that Kamloops track and what you're looking forward to there. Yeah, the last time I rode Kamloops at the National was in 2013. Uh, last year, unfortunately, I didn't get a, a gig with anybody to come back up. But uh, okay, in 2013, I ended up with a 3-3 on the day. And, um, you know, it's one of those tracks where, you know, you have to have a good bike set up and you also have to be confident. And, um, you know, it, it breaks down. It, it gets to be one of the rougher tracks on the West Coast for sure. Um, it's a good start to the season and everybody wants to, to get the ball rolling right away, you know, put their right foot out and, uh, you know, it pretty much get momentum for the whole series on the West. So, you know, you show up there in the past, I showed up, uh, a couple weeks early and got my, you know, track testing in and a little bit of suspension set up and just get feeling good on the bike. And I did the same thing this year again. I, I went there and did a, a provincial race. And, uh, you know, I feel good. The bikes are great. And I have a good setup this year. The boys at Enzo got my, my suspension working good. And, and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. Looking forward to kicking off the CMRC Nationals. We'll be racing in the MX2 class all year long with the 620 on the side of the bike. Got to ask, for all three-digit guys that get to pick their number, um, they seem to gravitate to one particular one. What does the 620 mean to you? Uh, I mean, it's an amateur number I got. I think it was the first uh, amateur I got for way back in the day when I was probably 12 years old. It was uh, one of those NMA. I went to Maka. They give you the number year after run for the week, and I just kind of never, never switched back away from it. There was a couple times there where, you know, I, in the past I had to run a two-digit number in Canada, and uh, a lot of people in the states don't know, don't generally know. They just know me as Brad, not at number six twenty. So now that I didn't race last year, and um, I didn't have opportunity to run a two-digit number this year, then uh, I'm going to stick with that, and I'm excited for it. You know, I'd like to look good more memorabilia for me down the road too as well 100 percent. now you, yeah you can uh and, and as far as uh, jerseys go you you can wear any jersey that you like because it all probably has a 620 on the back so uh you're, you're good that way yeah yeah no doubt it makes it a little bit easier for that like you take some gear from supercross or in the past or whatnot or and uh you know pretty much run that stuff so that, that's the cool part too and nice because i just don't have to have a bunch of different, you know, graphics made and different numbers and all this jazz. So it kind of makes it a little bit simpler. So as far as uh, accommodations go, this is a vast province it, or this vast country. It's not like uh, racing the West Coast Supercross series where uh, pretty much all of the races other than uh, Houston are kind of in the same general area. Um, you're going to be traveling all the way across the country. Uh, are you doing it via motorhome? How, what, what kind of accommodations do you have settled for yourself as you uh, crawl across this beautiful nation I call home? Yeah, no, you're lucky to call out by yourself, man. It's gorgeous up there, and uh, I decided this year I'm going to take a camper trailer and tow behind the van this year and uh, find places to ride and explore again and kind of just, you know, pick my way through the country. I've, uh, I've had a blast doing that in the past. Now that I've, I've met everybody, that, uh, not everybody, but I've met you know, a bunch of Canadians, and I kind of have places to go ride, 
I need to take a shower and wash clothes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's definitely been a lot nicer. It's a way better experience, I feel like, than, uh, than flying. I've flown to all the nationals as well. And with the way it's kind of set up, you have to fly in on Fridays or Thursdays sometimes, and then your flight's not home till Monday. So uh, you really only get three days to ride during the week if you you're based out of somewhere like California or anywhere else. So you might as well just knuckle down and drive it. I feel like you the same amount of travel, but you don't get jet lagged. And, uh, you know, it's just a little bit it's more enjoying. You can enjoy life a lot more while, while you're out there as well. Now, uh, I, I, traveling across the nation over an entire summer, I'd imagine that laundry does start to pile up. But uh, for a guy who owns his own clothing company, it doesn't seem to be as big of a problem because uh, chances are you probably have some product on hand that uh, is most likely clean all the way across the nation. Uh, do you think you'll be diving into your uh, reserves in that respect whatsoever? And uh, tell us a little bit about that company that you've got going on. Yeah, yeah. I started this clothing company called Relax Tire. Uh, started it here, shoot, I don't know, probably six, eight months ago. And, um, you know, it's been great. I uh, I came up with the name Relax Tire because I just thought it sounded good for one and two. And a lot of people don't, uh, you know, it's good reminders to chill out sometimes, right? So um, I got everything I can. I brought all my stuff to Canada this year. And uh, just easier to kind of sell it out of the van and uh, go about it that way. I sell a lot of stuff, just friends and, and whatnot. And I do online orders too, but a little harder to ship around just because uh, the cost of shipping across the border is definitely a little bit more expensive. But uh, it's been great. Started that. I have a few sponsored riders. And, uh, you know, I love it. It's just, I'd rather wear my own brand than wear something else. So. Excellent. So if anyone's looking for uh, what what to expect in those shirts, uh, where do they go to look at them? I'm sure you got a bunch of them on your Instagram uh, as well as uh, in the pits. Uh, yeah, the 620, that's where you go find yourself a, uh, a relaxed tire t-shirt and uh, support the cause, man. Yeah, definitely. I got a website. It's relaxedtire.com or shop.relaxedtire.com and then I also have an Instagram at relaxedtire and uh it's spelled A-T-T-I-R-E for a tire. Yeah, go check it out. See if you guys like some stuff, let me know or shoot me an email at uh, relaxedtire at gmail. And I get some stuff coming your way either or. Got, you know, I got men's shirts, I got women's tanks, and I got babies and jukes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it takes nothing. All you got to do is you can call or shoot me another message. 100%. And thank you very much for calling them Tukes. Um, being from Spokane, is that a, a common name for the uh, the knit cap beanies that uh, you've been familiar with? Or uh, until you came up north, were you uh, is that what you called them? No, in the States, nobody calls, uh, nobody calls the cap a Tuke. Um, they all just call them beanies down here. I mean, that's just part of me traveling across the country for so many years up there having, like I said, so many Canadian friends that taught them so much of, uh, you know, your guys' lingo and the way everybody talks that uh, when I'm down here in the States, some people look at me weird when I say cheers and uh, call me a dude and, and uh, yeah, I, I can't help but smile and walk away, but um, yeah, there's a lot of little differences that people don't understand, like poutine and all that jazz, so uh, yeah, 
I like it. But I love Canada. Hundred percent. And to me, I think the Americans would uh, would have already discovered fries, cheese, and gravy. Like, I, I feel like that's something that they didn't need us to do, but uh, evidently that's the case. Yeah, no, it hasn't even caught on. Yeah, there's still that, plus a little vinegar right there, and you get to go. Oh yeah. Nobody. Uh, I don't know why nobody in the states has ever come up with it. Maybe. Especially, like, I don't know, with all the fast food we have down here and all the unhealthy food we have down here, I figured that'd be a hit, you know? <laughs> but 100%. Uh, it's kind of weird that it hasn't came down across the border yet. Yeah, like, I, I would, as, only as far as Fargo, North Dakota, and try to ask for a poutine, uh, and then I had to describe it to them for them to make it for me, and they were, like, completely just one eyebrow raised and they're handing it to me like this, like as if it's not going to taste good. I'm like, it's literally three things that are amazing. Just go with it. And they're like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you ever find yourself uh, throwing some A's in there uh, after a, uh, after a full season of, uh, of Canadian nationals? Like, uh, do you go that far into your adoption of um, the Canadian? And if so, uh, we should just basically adopt you or make you an honorary Canadian citizen or something. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I throw it in here in the States all the time. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, like, I feel like a lot of Americans overuse it. So I don't want to be one of those guys that, uh, you know, overuse it. Can. So, um, I mean, obviously, the more north you go, the more it comes out and everything. But with being closer to the border, a lot of people, uh, I mean, shoot, I know there's a lot of Canadians say it's still a lot, but it's, uh, like I said, I just don't want to be one of those guys who are like, oh, look at the American making fun of the Canadian. So I don't, I don't really drag it out. Sometimes I drag out my words, like how's, you know, about all that jazz. But oh, um, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah, I got a good accent going for Canada. Beauty. Uh, well, we wish you all the best of luck as you move forward to the Canadian Nationals here, starting up at Kamloops, BC, the 620. Brad Nonnet will be out there. Uh, remind us again what the team's called. Yeah, it's called GA Checkpoint Yamaha and JS Power Sports. But, uh, that'll be the title sponsors and all that. Cool, man. Well, like I said, we wish you the best of luck. You have yourself an awesome summer. And when you're rolling through Manitoba, you let me know. And I'm going to trip out to uh, to Prairie Hill MX and uh, throw down some uh, some motos with you. Uh, I do have two strokes, though. Yeah, there you go. Right on, man. Yeah. I'd like to thank uh, Ed at GA Checkpoint Yamaha, James Steven, JS Power Sports, um, all the guys over at Enzo Suspension. Brad Engineering, uh, Scott Canada, Scott USA, Mika Sports Canada. Uh, we got Fox and Chip, and uh, you know in Canada. Uh, we'd like to thank Rhino Power, Ryan Hughes. He's helped me out a bunch. Sean Hampton's helped me out a bunch on the bike as well. Uh, there's Image Tech, Sunstar, Scott Hart over at MotoStuff.com. We got uh, Chris at Henson, the boys over at the map. Uh, we got Dunlop Tires. Who does your wheels? Uh, I just I get them on eBay. 
<laughs> get them on eBay. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, uh, might have to connect you with uh, John Anderson over there at uh, at W Wheels. See if we can't uh, get you helped out. Um, but uh, th- thank you for thanking Scott over at uh, at Moto Stuff, uh, a guy that I've been trying to support through uh, my social media and these podcasts for uh, about a year now, and uh, you are literally the first. Moto Stuff athlete that has thanked Moto Stuff on my podcast, and uh, I think you're about the fifth or sixth guy. So uh, I know Scott really appreciates it, and uh, those wave rotors, man, they stop on a dime. Oh, yeah, man. He's an awesome guy, awesome family. And I went to his house and fixed him up here right before Supercross. Unfortunately, I got hurt when I was able to ride Supercross, but just a phenomenal guy, a little shop, and, uh, you know, he just wants to make motocross better, and he, he, he's a great guy. So. Like I said, I can't thank him enough for his help and support. And uh, I also like to support, you know, the Northwest. So any local companies out there, you know, I'm always all about supporting them. So it's appreciated. Uh, before I let you go, uh, because you are a Northwest guy, uh, tell me your best uh, either Jimmy Lamastis or local <laughs> pro story from uh, from the Spokane area. Oh, man, there's so many Jimmy Lamastis and... Uh, there's a good one. So, yeah, he grew up pretty much, I want to say, about a half hour from where I was. He was in his prime when I started riding. Yes. A good, good ride between him and Conrad Keith and, uh, shoot, what was his teammate? And the guy that runs the series now, uh, Mike, shoot, I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think of a good story here. I've seen some crazy takeouts, man. I've seen some fights. I've seen... Uh, Jimmy did his own people and around the four stroke nationals. Him and Spud Walters went at it quite a bit. And um uh, man, that's a good one. I haven't been asked that question since I was about thirteen, so I can't really get to go off the top of my head. But <laughs> well, either got, way, a guy that you looked up to, top. right? Oh yeah. Okay, I heard the best story is I forget what video it was back in the day, but I was there at Clark Dio and uh I was watching it. It's called the Keyhole. It's a huge bowl turn there. And I don't think anybody has ever gone through like Jimmy, Jimmy Lamas's fifth year pin without dragging a bar all the Children way around. Children of a metal god, you, number one. Yeah, right there. That was that was back in the day when uh, I first started riding. Was right around there. Yeah, it was just unreal to see back in the day. Actually, I saw Jimmy on Saturday here in Spokane. He was racing at uh, Airway Heights on the cross park. And um, yeah. It was cool to see him out there. Definitely. Smell your face. Well, that's rad, man. Like I said, wish you the best luck going forward. We'll definitely connect you in the summertime. Uh, I'll let you go for the rest of your evening. Uh, you have yourself a good one. Thank you for giving us some time here on the Big MX Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, x and Goggles, and Bill's Pipes. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, man. You have yourself a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.